Welcome to How to Eat Less Water, the podcast for anyone who's concerned about the state of our environment and wants to live more sustainably, but is short on either time, money, ideas, or all three. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez, author of the award-winning book, Eat Less Water, and a kitchen activist. I share bite-sized action steps anyone can implement in their kitchen. Why the kitchen? The average person eats between 500 to 1,300 gallons of virtual water every day. Our food is the best place to turn our hope for a better environment into action. Now, let's dig in and grow well-being together. Welcome to the How to Eat Less Water podcast. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez. Thank you so much for joining, whether you join me every Wednesday or this is your first time. I thank you for being part of this conversation. Today's podcast is really an invitation. It's an invitation for you to join me on World Water Day, which is March 22nd. Most people don't know that. We we focus in on Earth Day, but one month exactly before Earth Day is World Water Day. I want you to know about the compost tea party and invite you to join us if you live nearby in Oxnard, if you want to come and, and just take a look at what we're doing after I describe what it is. And also an invitation for you, if you don't live in the area, to reach out to me so you could duplicate this in your community. Because the idea for this compost tea party, which is now in its fourth year, is to create something that's easily duplicated. And this year, specifically, we're creating templates, putting together all that information that's required so that somebody can just come take all that information and learn from what we did. So you could just hit the ground running. The idea is that this would be open sourced. And I think that's really critical for a lot of these great ideas and programs and projects that come about, especially in this space of environmental activism, is to create things that can be duplicated, but also to give people the tools that they need so that that they can duplicate it. That's really my goal this year is to make sure that we have a container someplace online that all of this really good information and these templates can be available to anybody for free. Right now what's available are some videos from past years. So I will link at least the one that I have at the tip of my fingers from last year in the show notes so that you can watch it. I know I'm a visual person, so I like to see something as well as as listen to it. What is a compost tea party? The idea was born at a meeting. This organization called the Encampment for Citizenship was hosting a summer camp for young people, teenagers essentially, kids between the ages of 15 and 19, to come for three weeks at Cal State Channel Islands here in Ventura County. 
to learn how to be social justice activists, essentially change makers in whatever space they're interested. And this particular organization was new to me, but has been in existence since the 40s. It's just, it just celebrated its 75th anniversary. And some of the first camps were in Eleanor Roosevelt's salon and Martin Luther King Jr. has been involved. So activists through the decades here in the United States who've really made some change, some really great change, have participated in the encampment for citizenship in one way or the other. So it's a really great organization. And so they wanted to meet with just the different change makers in Ventura County. And so my name came up because one of the topics that they wanted to address was water conservation. I met with the executive director, Margot Gibney, and some other local folks who are board members of the encampment. We meet and they were looking for a project to do with their young people. And I had just left another meeting before that where we're brainstorming ways to do some type of pesticide-free action. The work that I've done with Eat Less Water, and I'm talking to you about how we can make a difference with our food choices and aligning ourselves with food producers and farmers who are stewards of the land. But that is private land, right? We have so much public land and including our own our own private land, our front yards and our backyards or just our side yards or pots on our balconies, whatever it is, we are stewards of some portion of land. But public land is a space where we also have influence, like parks and playgrounds at public schools and the grass or the landscapes that are around municipal buildings or our city halls, our library, the medians on the streets. There's so much public land and the way that they treat public land is by spraying it, spraying it with pesticides and also treating it with petroleum-based fertilizers. So the pesticide-free soil project I saw, and I still do, see as a way to build our vocabulary and our consciousness around what is happening in our public spaces. So we can look at these green spaces, for example, acres of playground or soccer fields at our schools. And instead of looking at them only as a place for kids to play, whether it's sports or to run around, but to also look at them as part of the solution as a place where we can build soil underneath that grass. And instead of spraying it or using petroleum-based fertilizers, that diminishes that lawn's ability to draw down water and to draw down carbon. We can build that soil with compost teas, which is something that I saw happen out in these organic farms that I visited all across the country. So to borrow from those farmers and take that tool set of these compost teas to build soil onto our public lands, including our playgrounds, so that these green spaces can be areas where they capture water. And here in California, where we have been dealing with these torrential rains and flooding this year, 
with these atmospheric rivers, new vocabulary for all of us. When it rains, much of that is lost to runoff and evaporation. So we're still not recharging our groundwater the way that we could because what we do whenever we spray our land with, say, a Roundup Ready, which is basically what they use some type of glyphosate, we are then creating, not on purpose, but the unintended consequence is killing microbiology, we've turned these playgrounds and public land, the farms that are also spraying, we've turned all of this green space into quasi-pavement because it can't absorb the water in the way soil can that's alive with microbiology. The compost tea party gives me and the interns, the young people who work with me, the opportunity to have this discussion with an entire school community. For months, we plan this compost tea party that culminates in the one-day event, or actually a half-day event. And what happens when you go to a compost tea party is the compost tea party is the main thing, which is kids are coming out onto the field, they hear me do my song and dance about why we're doing it. And then they take watering cans with a compost tea brew that soil biologist Dr. David White, which some of you who live here locally will recognize that name. He's beloved in Ojai for a lot of the work that he's done. He partners with me with a compost tea party. He brews hundreds of gallons of this compost tea in his yard in Ojai, brings it that morning of to the school site. With the help of these, these kids, elementary students, this time TK through fifth grade, about 500 students will have a can in their hand, a watering can in their hand at some point that day on March 22nd, and they will be empowered to know that they are part of the solution. And so then in addition to the compost tea party, we have 17 other what we call nature-based climate solution workshops that are led, a few of them are led by my interns or the interns of the Pesticide-Free Soil Project, but the majority of them are led by community experts, by other students on the campus. This year, Oxnard High School culinary arts students will be joining us with some recipes that are all plant-based using organic ingredients and do a little cooking demonstration with kids. We have Rincon Bentova, who are incredible experts when it comes to alternatives to pesticides, and they are known nationwide. They come with their big vacuum so that they can vacuum up the bushes and show the kids all of the beneficial bugs that you can find in one bush. <laughs> they do all kinds of really wonderful things. So these workshops are led by a diversity of people, all with a goal to show why we need to be connected to soil, why it matters. The kids have this opportunity to be exposed and to participate in the solution. They truly become activists that day. That is the beginning of a conversation that then they have at home, in their classrooms. Then out of it, there's good things that have happened. For example, as a result of doing these compost tea parties, one of the school sites at Rio School District now is putting in a micro farm of one acre. So they've taken 
some of this land that's underutilized on their playground, and it's transitioning to become an organic farm that will produce food that will be served in their cafeteria. That's huge. And in fact, the day of the event, they serve Rio School District serves a special organic and local meal for the kids that is delicious. And my hope is that instead of it being one day a year that they serve this food, this very nutritious and delicious food to these young people, it becomes one day a week to the entire school district. And then eventually, you know, two days a week. It doesn't have to be all at once. It could even begin with the last Friday of every month, but it needs to start somewhere because there's so much power in the collective, right? And schools absolutely have so much power and influence because they buy so much food. (laughs) They buy so much of everything. If they were to align themselves with businesses and farms from all the different levels working to preserve this environment for those little people that they're teaching, because really, I'm doing this work, I'm really doing it for those little ones. Like those TKers that are four years old, TKers, transitional kindergarten here in California, the kids start at four years old. In 20 years from now, in 2043, what kind of world will we be handing them? They'll be just starting out in their careers, finishing with school, some of them starting families. What kind of world will we be handing them? Will it be one that's vibrant and healthy and alive with clean water coursing through our rivers with healthy reserves of groundwater? Or are we handing them over a water-scarce world, one with extreme weather events because we couldn't lower the carbon emission levels? That's why it's so important that we're at these schools doing compost tea parties with the little ones or with these very young people. For me, it's a reminder of why I'm doing this work because that is my heart's desire. That's what fuels me is I am fighting for a world that is beautiful and preserved for future generations, not just my kids, but your kids and these kids that are at Rio del Norte. So that's where I will be on March 22nd is Rio del Norte school. And if you want to join, please just reach out to me at info at eatlesswater.com and I'll make sure that you get placed on the list And there might be a little something that you need to do because they need to know who's on the campus. But I really want you to see what's happening on this school campus. And again, if if you can't join on that day or if you're out of the area, but you're really interested to know what this is, more about it, and how you can do it in your community, please reach out to me as well so I can be sure that you get the information. There's a great group of teachers and administrators and other community members who are now part of the organizing of this event. For me, true leadership is when you can walk away from something and it continues without you. So so that's 
that is also my vision is that I could eventually step away from this work and know that it continues. Again, this is an invitation for you to join me on March 22nd, but it's also an, there's also another invitation there. And that is for you to think about what kind of activism can you do in your community using your talents and your passions to create a thriving environment for all of us. Thank you so much for listening and joining me today. And please share this with others. And also come check out my website, um, my shop. I've been working hard to redesign it and to give it a little bit of love because it was lacking. So if you can come and take a look and see what I'm up to there, that would be great as well. You take care and I hope to hear from you about March 22nd compost tea party. You be well. Bye-bye. Welcome to How to Eat Less Water, the podcast for anyone who's concerned about the state of our environment and wants to live more sustainably, but is short on either time, money, ideas, or all three. I'm your host, Florencia Ramirez, author of the award-winning book, Eat Less Water, and a kitchen activist. I share bite-sized action steps anyone can implement in their kitchen. Why the kitchen? The average person eats between 500 to 1,300 gallons of virtual water every day. Our food is the best place to turn our hope for a better environment into action. Now, let's dig in and grow well-being together. (music) 